Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymoor, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Saint Evo of Shot. This is the hour of the day I habitually devote to my writing, mostly on contemporary history and church discipline. Now, in the year 1091, I have been superior of the canons regular of St. Augustine at San Quentin for 14 years. During these years, I've striven to raise the monastery to a high degree of learning and discipline. And this life has also been peaceful and contemplative. I had been looking forward to continuing in this manner. But now that hope has been disturbed by a visit this morning of the papal legate. Reverend Father? Oh, I didn't hear you, Monsignor. Forgive me. I hadn't expected you quite so early. I was told I would find you in the garden. Well, I come here to meditate... Nature has much to teach us if we only had the patience to learn. I'm sure you're quite right. Now, you take these flowers, for instance. It's always amazing how much beauty one little seed can send up through the soil that was frozen and barren a few weeks ago. Uh, Just so, just so, Reverend Father. However, the papal legate hasn't come to uh, discuss the wonders of nature. I wish it were so. My mission is concerned more with the evils of men. In general or particular? In particular, who in particular? Geoffrey, Bishop of Chartres. 
Indeed. What has he done? Well, with Charles being not far away, I assume you at least heard rumors of his misconduct. I have heard nothing. He has placed relatives in high offices regardless of their ability. Worse, he has sold ecclesiastical benefices to the highest bidder. Selling what is sacred for money? Oh, surely these charges can't be true. There's no doubt about it. Jeffrey practically admits it when he defends himself by saying others do what he's accused of. And does he name these others? I pressed him. But he says all I have to do is to investigate and I'll find out. But until I do, he shouldn't be singled out. The charges have been put before Pope Urban. I was sent to investigate and report back. If the charges are true, Rome will, of course, punish Jeffrey. He will be deposed, of that you may be sure. The people and clergy of Chartres demand it. His Holiness has authorized me to proceed with the deposition if I'm convinced the charges are justified. But, Monsignor, why are you here? What is it you wish of me? The people and clergy of Chartres demand that you replace Geoffrey. Oh, no, that is impossible. Well, why impossible? But I'm a teacher. For 14 years, I've been out of touch with worldly affairs. No one could be less fit than I for such a responsible position. The priests you sent out have acquitted themselves with much merit. Their glory reflects on their teacher. Well, I am honored, of course. But doesn't it mean I should continue my work here? That's not for me to say, but for the Pope. What do you mean? I shall ask Bishop Geoffrey to stand aside. I am authorized to recommend his successor to His Holiness. Monsignor, I beg of you, it must not be me. I shall be guided by the people and clergy of Chartres. Well, please tell them that I rejoice in their confidence in me, but I would prefer they select someone else. Well, I shall tell them. But the question is, shall I be able to convince them? I watched the papal legate leave and tried to resume my meditation. But I was too disturbed to concentrate. As to who will replace Geoffrey, the final decision will have to come from Rome and His Holiness. I'm sure he would prefer a willing bishop to a reluctant one. So I shall dismiss this from my mind and go about my duties as always. Jeffrey, Bishop of Chartres, by the written authority of His Holiness, Pope Urban II, which you and all others concerned have read, and after hearing the testimony against you and your defense, I sustain the findings of this court and order you deposed. You will surrender your vestments and without delay report to your superior for whatever further instructions he may hold for you. I declare the bishopric of Chartres now vacant until an election can be held. Evil! 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 Evil!
Monsignor Dominic, would you take me away from here? From my work? From all with whom I've been associated so many years? It is the will of the people and the clergy. They will have it no other way. I cannot accept You must. They regard you now as their bishop. Not unless the Pope appoints me. I've forwarded my report to him. I shall go to Rome. I shall appeal to His Holiness to set the election aside. That's your only recourse. However, by the time you reach Rome, the Pope will not be there. You'll find him at Capua. He'll be expecting you. What? How can that be? Why should he be expecting me? Had you not decided to go yourself, I was authorized to instruct you to report to him there for consecration as Bishop of Chartres. I made the long journey to Capua, confident I could persuade Pope Urban not to confirm my election. He received me graciously and listened patiently to my objections. And when I finished, he did not speak for a long time. For a moment, I thought he had forgotten my presence. And then a faint smile crossed his lips when at last he turned. My son, it's a relief to listen to a recitation of all the reasons you feel yourself unworthy of high office. <laughs> so often I must listen to candidates, or more often to their relatives, proclaim their virtues, their abilities, or how indebted the Holy See should be for their contribution. Your Holiness, I do not wish to impress you with being more modest than others. But it's only... that you would rather remain at St. Quentin and live out your days in peace. Oh, I confess it. For 14 years you've lived in seclusion, teaching doctrine to a select few, vowed to lead a spiritual life. What the church needs now are prelates to teach kings and princes and ordinary men morality and the love of God. My son... Your special talent must be put to wider use. Your Holiness, I wish only to do what is best for the church, but there are others better qualified to become bishop. Uh, after Jeffrey, I need someone whom the people trust and respect. He has powerful friends who are clamoring for his reinstatement. In spite of what he's done? Yes. You see, they paid for favors they cannot collect unless he's bishop. My son, the people of Chartres have paid you a rare compliment by demanding you to be their bishop. They deserve someone better than they've had. Now, how can I refuse them? Forgive me, Your Holiness, in your kind way. You've been telling me I should forget my personal desires. Oh, no, my son. I'm asking you to follow what I believe to be the will of God in behalf of his church. When do you wish the consecration to take place? Soon. Now, go and make your preparations. It was heartening to receive the welcome of the people of Chartres and frightening to have them pressing against my carriage and tossing flowers. It was a reception more fitting for a victorious general than 
for a servant of God? But now the last echo has faded, and I'm alone in my study, and I'm fearful of what the morrow will bring. For I'm advised there's trouble in the royal household, and King Philip wishes me to appear in court before noon. Welcome, Your Grace, and again, congratulations. Thank you, Your Majesty. To be direct with you, I would have preferred to have had Bishop Geoffrey remain in office, at least until a certain affair I had discussed with him was concluded. Well, you know, Your Majesty, that I did not seek the office. I understand that. However, I stand ready to serve you in any way possible. Good. As you know, my contributions to the church have been very generous and, of course, will continue. And you may be sure the church is grateful for your support. I regret my problem must be your first to consider. As I said, it was on its way to solution when, unfortunately, Bishop Jeffrey was replaced. And what is this matter? That you may understand, I must tell you about my marriage. It was arranged with Bertha of Holland and myself by our parents for political reasons... Though there was never love between us, she bore two children. And now I'm 42 years old, and for the first time in my life, I am truly in love. But with another woman. Your Majesty. You're shocked. But what's happened to me is not unusual. This woman is as enamored of me as I of her, and is content to be my mistress. I don't want that. I intend to marry her. You know the church would never sanction such a marriage. I would first, of course, ask for a divorce. On what grounds? Of course, if there were infidelity on the part of the queen. <laughs> you don't know the queen. I'm charitable when I call her a shrew. And, well, Your Grace, there's no point in going into detail. Married life is something you're not expected to understand. But your problem has its parallel in Scripture. And I do have knowledge of church law. It does not permit divorce. There is always an exception, a special circumstance, even of law. But beyond the power of a bishop to grant. Ah, but that's my point. With a strong recommendation from you, the Pope would grant my petition. I cannot make such a recommendation. You will refuse to send my petition to Rome? If it is presented to me, I would be obliged to send it. May I ask whom you wish to marry? Well, it's no secret. The Countess of Anjou, Bertrada. The Countess? The wife of Count Volk? His third wife. Well, why should a king be denied a second chance for happiness when his subjects reach for it when they please? Because you are the leader of the people and their example. If a subject sins, is that justification for you to do likewise? You speak of scripture. Many women were put aside by husbands. You speak of the old law under which divorce was common. We live under the new law. And what God has joined together, let no man put us under. The old law was wiser in that it made allowances for human emotions and desires. Under the old law, the Countess of Anjou would have been stoned to death for adultery. Enough of this. I am king of France. I'll not be bound by inflexible laws of the church, law made by men who have never known women, or if so, have rejected them. I shall marry Bertrada with or without a divorce. My liege, I, I beg, I pray you'll not take this step. I'll have no more discussion. Nothing will change my determination. Very well. Let's speak no more of the marriage. But of the consequences, I am prepared to face them. I was thinking of the welfare of your kingdom. 
What of my kingdom? As surely as night follows day, you will be excommunicated. Your kingdom will be divided. The people will be torn between loyalty to you and the Holy See. And if there be any issue from your adulterous union, it will be illegitimate. Under church law, Berta will be your real wife and her children heirs to the throne. Your new queen will demand the throne for her children. And your nobles will take sides. And France will be ripe for civil war. Now, if you have no regard for your salvation, I beg you to consider these practical consequences of your action. My people are loyal, and though the Pope may frown, he'll not excommunicate. Pope Gregory VII excommunicated Henry IV of Germany for less. And in the end, he came to Carnassa. Henry interfered in a church matter. My marriage is a private affair. I've tried in every way I can to show you it's not. I've listened long and patiently. Now I command. My marriage will take place next month, and it will be your honor to perform the ceremony. Never. You refuse to obey your king. Your Majesty, I am your loyal subject in matters temporal, and I hope to prove it. Then obey me. Before I would countenance the sin you command, I would rather be cast into the sea with a millstone around my neck. I shall not officiate at your wedding, nor shall I be present. You have a few weeks to reconsider whether to obey or to take the consequences of your refusal. You have my permission to withdraw. His Holiness sends you greetings and commends you for your action in opposing King Philip's divorce and marriage. To my shame and sorrow, the king found a bishop to officiate. The bishop of Saint-Lys will be punished. When your report reached Rome, his holiness had the bull of excommunication drawn up. It's to become effective if Philip disregards your warning and marries again. The wedding took place two days ago in Paris. <sighs> then I shall ride on to Paris to execute Open the edict. Open in the name of the king. Count Rudolph. Your Grace, it's my sad duty to arrest you on orders of King Philip. Who is this with you? I'm the papal legate. Why is Bishop Evo under arrest? I have no information. I'm merely carrying out orders. I expect it's Philip's revenge for my not attending the wedding. You dare to come here with soldiers and lay hands oh, on... Oh, please, please. Count Rudolph must obey his orders. I'm ready to go. Where are you taking him? To the prison for the nobility. He will not be mistreated. And when you report to the king, Count Rudolph, tell him I shall pray for his salvation and his reconciliation with the Holy See. Now let us go in peace. Your Majesty, I have just come from Bishop Evo. Some person whom he refuses to name has told him a group of nobles led by the Count of Anjou is conspiring against you. Ah. Why would Bishop Evo want to do me any favors? You misjudge him. He's loyal to you. This proves it. We've long known that the Count has ambitions, and for personal rather than religious reasons, he says your marriage to Betrada is illegal. Have Anjou watched... 
Get all the evidence you can against him. I'm in difficulty with Rome, and I want no plots or disturbances. That brings up the matter of Bishop Evo. What about him? The people of Chartres are resentful. Several people of prominence have approached me to request that you uh, release him. His absence from my wedding was an insult to me and Bertrada. As a churchman, he had no choice but to oppose your wedding. And you agree with Bishop Evo? Well, I'm more concerned with the interpretation the people have put on his arrest. Which is? They have no inkling of what took place between you and Bishop Evo. All they know is that a bishop whom they respect is imprisoned by your order. They conclude that for some reason you fear him or that you have some personal grudge against the people of Chartres who elected Bishop Evo. Oh, that's nonsense. Of course it is. But when people don't know the truth, they manufacture rumors. And these can be more damaging than truth. You think, then, it would be good policy to release Bishop Evo? Yes. I'm certain he's loyal to you, and the people regard you as one who could rise above a personal slight. Once their bishop is back, they'll soon forget. If he remains, he'll become a martyr. Well, that's the last thing I want. Send Bishop Evo to me. The king will be here presently, Your Grace. The information you gave me about a conspiracy turned out to be true. Uh, he doesn't like to feel indebted to you, so don't expect thanks. But he's grateful. Thank you, Count Rudolph. And let me say you've been a most considerate jailer. Well, I hope that's ended. Ah, here comes the king. Greetings. Good morning, Your Majesty. Your Grace, now that I've made my point that not even a bishop can defy royal authority, there's no need to keep you in prison. You may return to Chartres. I rejoice that I may resume my duties. I anxiously look forward to the day when you will be reconciled to the Holy See. Prevail upon the Pope to lift the excommunication. That is beyond my power. It is within yours. I don't care to meet the conditions of surrender. Though under the ban, you're Catholic and still obliged by the laws of the church. And I pray that before you die, I'll be free to administer the sacrament of penance and absolve you. Should I repent of my marriage, I'll send for you. Since I'm denied the sacraments, I must learn to live without them. And let me say now, should death come to you in the night, may God have mercy on your soul. Your Grace, it's almost nine years Philip has been under ban, and His Holiness is gravely concerned. He feels you should have been able to lead him back to the church. I urged him to make his peace at every opportunity. After a time, he forbade me to mention the subject. Has he shown remorse? Oh, he appears happy. I will say a weight seemed to be lifted when his true wife, Berta, died six months ago. Well, she was an embarrassment and a goad to his conscience. She was bitter during her life, but at her final hour, she forgave him. Her death, of course, changes the situation. And I wonder if the church couldn't do the same. What? Absolve him? The woman he wronged found it in her heart. He renounced his legal wife and entered into an adulterous union with a married woman. He must be punished. 
Rome doesn't make it easy for me to punish wrongdoers. What does that mean? You know even better than I. Certain legates are greedy for money and power. And that the selling of benefices takes place in Rome, even within the papal court. And Philip knows it too. And he threw it back at me one day. Punish the sinful in your own house, he said, before you lecture me. Well, I don't deny that there are abuses. Philip sinned for the love of a woman, not like the others for gold. Now, both are the result of human weakness. But I ask you, which is the greater sin? As a teacher and an expert of canon law, you've changed a great deal since leaving St. Quentin. Canon law is based on the premise of the perfectibility of man. But to the layman, it's a mystery, a book of doctrines to govern the lives of priests and nuns and legates and bishops. I trust these are private thoughts, not offered to others. They are for the present, but they are disturbing thoughts. I suggest you keep them to yourself, lest your devotion to the Holy See be questioned. I am devoted to the Holy See. But as bishop, I am determined to keep a sufficiently independent attitude to mediate disputes to question, and to protect when necessary. I am considering whether to speak openly at the forthcoming Council of Beaugency. Well, perhaps you should, after all. It will be interesting to see if others share your views about the office of a bishop. So much for canon law and its relation to the layman. I come now to the matter of King Philip of France. And after careful consideration, I recommend absolution for him. No, he's If that be the consensus of the council, let me take up another matter. It's no secret I became Bishop of Chartres when another was deposed for simony and nepotism. His defense was that others were guilty of the same charge. He was right in that. There are those legates and members of the papal court who have trafficked in things sacred. For gold they have sold church benefices. And it is the solemn duty of bishop to protest. And that is what I do now. I will continue to do so. I shall fight with all my power to see that these money changers are driven from the temple. To the end of his life, Ivo retained his independent attitude. At the same time, he was ever loyal and devoted to the Holy See. He was often called upon to mediate in disputes over investitures. And when he learned of abuses... He openly and vigorously fought against them. He died December 23rd, 1116, after governing his see for 23 years. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, 
to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.